It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Miami, Duke, and the ACC steamroll into the Sweet 16. The Big Ten? More like the bottom 10 after this weekend. Plus, what has the last 48 hours been like in Cleveland since the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The ACC, are they back? They might be back after coming into the tournament with a lot of pressure on Duke. It's been everyone else that has impressed Notre Dame and Miami as double-digit seeds spring upsets in the first round. Miami now in the Sweet 16. Duke, of course, gets their win. North Carolina takes down the first number one seed of the tournament. Joining me now from Locked On ACC, Candice Cooper and Candice. What a difference a week makes. You were on the show a little bit uh, over a week ago talking about how much pressure is on Duke to carry the banner for the ACC. Yeah. And we haven't, what, what has been so different for these teams? I think everyone just assumed it was a down year because there wasn't 11 or 12 ACC teams that we were talking about being in the NCAA tournament. And yet, and still the five that went into this bad boy have been showing and proving that there's no such thing as a bad ACC. Let's just keep it a band. I'm really happy though that we see some quality games, right? It's not even just that they're winning by skating by their teeth. Like they are definitely asserting themselves and saying, all right, I understand that, you know, other sports might be your lane, but basketball will forever be king here in our conference. Of the the big upsets that we saw, I'm thinking in particular Miami over uh, Auburn with the presumptive number one pick in the NBA draft, and then North Carolina taking out Baylor. Of those two, which was which was more impressive and or shocking to you? I think Baylor for sure, just because how uh, it went down. Like you have Brady Manick of Carolina get ejected from the game off of an elbow, which like, let's keep it a ban. Flagrant two, mm, it gets a little dicey. We can talk about, you know, refereeing and officiating. That's a whole locked on today. It's been bad all tournament. (laughs) Horrible from every game. And it's not even just that one. But for Carolina to be up 25, your best player goes out. Then you get within like eight and damn near lead the game for Baylor. It was just like, if you were a Carolina fan, and your heart was pumping the entire time because you just knew they could blow it. And it's not even, they're not above blowing this matchup. So the fact <laughs> that they pulled it off, Caleb Love fouling out your best guard, nobody can handle the ball. So it was just very stressful. But then you look at a Miami team that everyone in the conference has said, very tough. They've got nothing to lose. Every game they play, they're playing with house money. So they're just like, listen, we're just here to have a ball. We're here to keep coach Larry Nick's job, all of that good stuff. You know, I think it's just been fun to see Cam Augusti and Isaiah Wong finally get their, you know, guard flowers. So I think that's also been good, but I would definitely say that 25 point <laughs> deficit for Baylor coming back and having Carolina win was pretty awesome. What did you see from Duke against Michigan state in a game that I frankly thought was going to end like 50 to 46, uh, given the way that those teams have looked at times over the course of the season. And yet we got a ton of offense uh, Duke was able to pull away with what I think is just a flat out talent disparity 
So what, what did you see from them? Yeah, listen, I love Coach K's Crocodile Tears, and I understand it's about character, but I think at the end of the day, Duke's better team. Like, you're supposed to win these games. As much as we want to be like, oh, it's all heart, Duke is absolutely the best team on paper in this country, and they should win every game they appear in. So there should be no surprise when they are able to pull it off. And just thankfully, they still get to have this farewell tour continue. What do you think their ceiling is if they play to their potential? You just said you think they're the most talented team. Does that mean they can win a national title? They absolutely can win a national title. However, they are going to have to play a Texas Tech team that is very gritty. They're going to be hard-nosed. They're going to play with you every single possession. So I think for Duke, they're used to playing these really big-name brand teams that everyone can get excited about. But if you have to play a hard-nosed, we're not scared of anybody team, that's when it gets a little dicey. You're not playing the guys who are going to take nights off or who everyone thinks is supposed to be special. You're playing guys who would love nothing more than to beat a Duke. What happened in the Big Ten in the men's NCAA tournament? That's next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The women haven't been all chalk either. Hours after Creighton stunned Iowa on Sunday afternoon, South Dakota took down Baylor 61-47 on its home floor for the second 10-seed upset of a two-seed of the day. The Bears had made the Sweet 16 12 consecutive times prior to this loss, snapping the fourth longest streak in NCAA tournament history. Ohio State was looking to keep the Magic alive, facing the two-seeded Villanova Wildcats, but the Magic ran out. What is up, guys? My name is Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes, and this was not the time that any of us wanted the Buckeyes season to end. However, this is where their season comes to a close. The Buckeyes lose to Villanova in the second round of the tournament, 71-61. to Villanova had the better basketball players. Villanova had the better game plan. Villanova had the more disciplined team, and it showed all throughout this game. The Buckeyes were at one point down by 15 points. Got it within two late in the second half, but that was all they had in their comeback. Malachi Brown, the flourishing freshman, led all Buckeye scorers with 23 points. EJ Liddell followed that up with 17 points and six rebounds of his own. But when the Buckeyes needed a third scorer to have at least 10 points or more, they didn't have it. It's been a struggle of theirs all year long. Another struggle, injuries, unfortunately. It looked like Kyle Young went down with another concussion. I hope he is okay. The Buckeyes end this season with a 20-12 and record. They have a lot of questions. They're going to have big shoes to fill as EJ Liddell goes to the NBA. What will Chris Holtman do to fix some of the issues this team has? We'll talk about that this week on Locked on Buckeyes and all throughout the offseason. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Buckeyes on your favorite podcast listening app and YouTube. We're there every day as well. On Thursday, St. Peter's stunned Kentucky to become the 10th 15 seed to win an NCAA tournament game. On Saturday, 
it joined truly rarefied air. In a second round matchup with number seven, Murray State, the Peacocks picked up where they left off with a 70 to 60 win over the Racers to secure an unlikely Sweet 16 bid. With the win, St. Peter's becomes just the third 15 seed to ever advance to the tournament's second weekend. The Bengals on Sunday signed Lyle Collins, former Dallas Cowboys tackle, to a three-year contract. Cincinnati, fresh off its first Super Bowl appearance in 33 years, has now added offensive lineman Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Collins during the free agency signing period to help protect star quarterback Joe Burrow, something the Bengals clearly had issues with, including and especially in the postseason. Here's what to look for from Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Get ahead of the Sweet 16 action. One-seeded Gonzaga will face the number four-seed Arkansas Razorbacks on Thursday, and the Bet Online line has that game as Gonzaga minus eight and a half. Eleven-seeded Michigan looks to continue their run against number two-seed Villanova. Bet Online thinks this is going to be a close one. Villanova favored by just four and a half. And Friday. Two storied programs meet in an unlikely Sweet 16 matchup. The 11-seeded UNC Tar Heels fresh off their win over the number one seed Baylor Bears. They take on the fourth-seeded UCLA Bruins. Bet online as that as Bruins minus two. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. It's been a tough start to the NCAA tournament for the big 10. First, Iowa goes down in one of the first big upsets of the tournament, and it did not end there. Wisconsin goes down on Sunday to Iowa State. Illinois falls to Houston in a big way. Purdue survives at the last second against Texas, and Michigan State falls to Duke. Joining me now from Locked On Big Ten, Nate Dickinson. And Nate, this is, it's not been great for the Big Ten here to uh, to start the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. What, what do you think this says about where this conference was this season? Uh, I think this is a result of two different things, really. One's just bad basketball. We had, uh, on my count, five teams out of the nine here in the Big Ten that when they lost their games just were awful. Ohio <laughs> State today was awful. Illinois today was awful. Indiana before was awful. Iowa was eh, but again, got upset by a good Richmond team. Wisconsin had a sweet 16 appearance waiting for it. It was 55 points. You're in to the next weekend. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get to 50. And that's part of it. But in every tournament teams play bad from the conference and end up falling out. That's just the nature of this tournament. Not everyone can put together six straight good games. It's also, with the combination of the bad play, also just a bad draw. And that's just a result of the Big Ten beating up on each other in the regular season. Rutgers played good enough to win in its first four game, but it had to play in a first four game. And it ended up going to overtime and falling to Notre Dame. Indiana put together a good game in its first four game. Ends up only getting into the round of 64 and then gets demolished by St. Mary's. Michigan State put together a pretty good game here today against Duke. But it was a seven seed because it plays in the Big Ten and it had to play Duke. Iowa was the Big Ten champion and still only a five seed because it had to play in the Big Ten. Ends up resulting in them being in that devastating 5-12 matchup. It's, again, a lot of really bad basketball. There's no doubt about that. That's what people are going to be talking about here today. 
but there's also that factor of the Big Ten didn't have a seed over three here in this tournament. This isn't like last year yeah. when the Big Ten had five top four seeds and ended up out by the end of the round of 32, except for Michigan, surprisingly, not two years in a row now that Michigan will make it into this week 16 out of everyone. But again, Michigan, too, has proven that they're good enough to play in this tournament. They almost had to play three games. So, yes, bad basketball is a factor, but I'm putting not as much blame but a certain amount of blame, no doubt, on the fact that the Big Ten beat itself up in the regular season to get to this point where it's not having that kind of opportune opportunity to get itself deep into the tournament again. Again, Purdue survives. Michigan ends up getting through, too. That Purdue team's legit. I know they're a lot better than Texas, just didn't quite play like it. Jaden Ivey is the man, and he has it, as he proved in this game just now. But again... It's two Big Ten teams out of nine now in the second weekend after having one Big Ten team out of nine and set out of the into the second weekend last year. I think it's been enough of a laughing stock now, especially with the way that the bad teams played, that this will easily be the bigger story over the Big 12 going winless, say, here this weekend. Uh, what you take out of this first weekend of basketball. What, what happened with Wisconsin? Because you mentioned bad basketball. I mean, they couldn't make a shot. And and they were in Milwaukee. They played a, a home game, basically, and still couldn't get anything going. Was that, to you, the most surprising outcome of the weekend, or or, or was it one of the other games? I, no doubt. Like I said, Wisconsin had a Sweet 16 trip basically handed to it by Iowa State. Neither team wanted to win that game. Neither team was playing with any sort of consistency at all. Nobody could find a rhythm. I mean, again, it's just bad basketball. That's really what I put it to more than anything else. It's going to happen when these teams come out and have to play this many games and try and win these many games in a row. Teams are going to fall flat. But to see this kind of a Wisconsin team with not only the experience that it has, but the star power, a Big Ten player of the year, Johnny Davis, guys like that. It was just a really weird to see that kind of a team fall apart in that kind of a way. And that's, I think, one of the big takeaways too is because, well, the Big Ten has had teams beat up on each other. The Big Ten has had teams struggle to figure it out. We saw some of the worst performances that we've seen in months from some of these schools, including Wisconsin here today. I mean, if you're asking me for the big secret as to why they lost this game, I don't. They couldn't shoot at all. They scored 49 points, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that hard to figure out. I'm looking... It was 29.8% from the field, 9% from three. They went two for 22 mm. from behind the arc. So mm. that'll do it. Coming up, what has the last 48 hours been like in Cleveland since the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I got a message from a listener the other day who said, 
that he bought a box finally. He gave one to his girlfriend and she said, oh my God, it tastes like a candy bar. And he said, that is literally their slogan. This is the truth. I'm trying to tell it to you. They are covered in 100% chocolate. One of the reasons that they are delicious. But high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. These are as real a deal as exists in the protein bar space. And if you don't believe me, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. And you will find out, I promise. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. In a shocking turn of events on Friday, the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. It's three first-round picks and a couple other future picks for Deshaun Watson. And I guess for reasons, a 2024 fifth-round pick. Not exactly sure what's going on there. Joining me now from Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, this is a thorny situation for Browns fans who now face the prospect of getting the most talented, the most prolific quarterback in the team's history and yet with him comes 22 women alleging him of sexual misconduct and the Browns apparently did not talk to their attorney or any of those ladies as they're going through this process so what is the fan sentiment on what's going on right now uh, I think you can break it down into three parts I think you have you know fans who they're excited and you want to know what they they feel that you know what somebody else was going to do it um, and you have, you know, where I kind of fit in, uh, it's conflicted and a lot of questions that need to be answered. And we're not even going to talk about that statement that was released today because you might as well just, you know, make a short statement that says we didn't really care much because he's an awesome quarterback. Then you have your fans that are really angered and triggered. And I truly understand it. I do. And, you know, I can't speak for every fan base. I know that the Cleveland Browns fan base there, it, it is very active from the female population in the city. They love their Browns. There is a bunch of loyal groups that go to every single home game. They want answers. Um, and I think that's it's fair for everybody. Um, and I think, you know, when this news first broke on Friday, you know, my initial tweet of it all was, I understand if you're excited, I get it. I understand if you're conflicted, I get it. And I understand if you're pissed, I get it. So with that, you know, it's just, it's just been tough. I, I, I know, you know, as far as the team, you upgraded the quarterback. Um, but there's some that feel, you know, well, at what length did you go to, to do this? And I got it. It's, I've tried to do the best I can. And it's, it's, it's just tough to do, even speak about this subject, the way it is all gone down. And maybe it was too soon for this to even the time for Deshaun Watson's name to be mentioned again in the NFL, but here the Browns are in it. Somebody was going to do it. The Browns felt that they were the ones that should. What is the the timeline then for Baker Mayfield? We, he asked for a trade. Um, before this, and so we knew uh, once this happened, it was fait accompli that he would be moved. What does the market for Baker look like, and and where could he go? Well, the Indianapolis Colts don't have a starting quarterback. Seattle Seahawks, for the most intense purposes, don't look like they have a starting quarterback. Um, you would figure either one of those two places. Um, the Colts, I think, for Baker Mayfield, you know, the AFC South, um, not a bad division to be in right now. I mean, you know, Tennessee has had a nice run here. Um, but you know, disappointed, obviously, in the playoffs. Seattle Seahawks, tougher division to be in. Um, I don't think it ideally is going to be what Baker Mayfield wants it to be. If Russell Wilson, one of the game's top quarterbacks, is not satisfied with that situation because they like to play defense, they like to run the ball. Baker Mayfield, who is playing for his next contract, 
maybe doesn't want to go in there and be the point guard of the Seattle Seahawks and make sure everybody else gets theirs. Um, but those are your two most likely destinations. I think with the Browns still holding seven picks in the 2022 NFL draft, their best avenue might be a pick for 2023 where it gets increased in value due to playing time. Uh, you know, obviously statistical amounts, things of that nature. If I'm the Browns, that's the best route to go. They had nine picks going into this, one for Amari Cooper, one at this point for Deshaun Watson. They still hold seven. Maybe, you know, try to get back a 2023 pick and obviously, you know, relive some of what you, I mean, recoup some of what you lost here in the Seattle deal. But also for the chance for that pick to grow if Baker plays positively in 2022. And finally, former NFL reporter and commentator John Clayton died Friday after a brief illness. He was 67. Clayton, known as The Professor, spent 23 years working for the Pittsburgh Press and the Tacoma News Tribune. He moved on to become an NFL insider for ESPN in 1995. And recently, he'd been on radio hosting the John Clayton Show in Seattle and reporting from the sidelines for the Seattle Seahawks radio network. As I was growing up and learning about football, falling in love with football, I read so much John Clayton. I watched so many Sports Center hits with John Clayton. He was part of the generation of sports media people who helped inspire me to make it my career as well. He'll be missed. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Tuesday, will the landscape around the NHL change at the deadline? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.